And that's been on my heart for, I don't know, a long time now that we're seeing these days marching forward. We're getting closer and closer to that day when Jesus is coming back. Some, because we see difficult times, are now calling out and wanting the Lord to come. And yet I wonder where our hearts are for people. If that happens soon, how many will there be that we know that won't be with the Lord? What a sobering thought. We're going to read today from Revelation chapter 22, starting at verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that hears say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy... God shall take away his part from the tree of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, there's nothing I can do in and of myself to reach souls. All I can do is present your word. I ask that you would work in the hearts and souls of everyone present here tonight. You know the needs of each. You know those that have never trusted in Jesus as their Savior. You know those of us that have, that have become discouraged and backslidden. We've become lukewarm. And you also know the fire that's been put in the hearts of some to be able to reach souls in these days in which we live. None of us know how long we're going to be here. Life is so short. We've been reminded of it just this morning. Young ones that have been taken, thankfully, that have come to know the Savior. Father, I just ask that you would bless our time together, open our minds, help us to have clear minds to receive what it is that you would have for us tonight. ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I would like to give a little bit of a 
background to what we've read tonight. So obviously I can't go into detail. Some things I may leave a little bit obscure, but we just don't have time to cover them. To begin with, to make it clear, and I would hope that most realize, that we have references to the Lord's coming, which will be in the air, in which the dead in Christ and those of us who are alive will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be forever with the Lord. His feet do not stand on the earth for that time. Then, of course, there are other references when he will come and his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. As Zechariah writes about, that's when he will come back to judge the world. All authority has been given unto the Son. And he's the one that is going to come back, not as a savior, but as a judge. And John had a glimpse of what that would look like. As he opens his writing to the book of Revelation, he says, I heard a voice behind me. I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girded about the breast with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass, as if they'd burned in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. John had never witnessed anything like that, and yet he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. Jesus said to Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? But John was one that knew that Jesus loved him. And here we have this message of the last days delivered to John, who was the closest disciple to Jesus. And he sees Jesus like this with eyes like flame of fire. He had never seen his Jesus like that. He's coming back in judgment. And John saw things that if any of us put ourselves in John's position, I think we would do as John did many times. He fell at his feet. This whole subject of salvation is not something to be trifled with. God planned it before the world was created. And he accomplished it through the death of his son. And now he wants everyone and all the churches in particular to know what these last days are going to be like. Sin 
has become rampant in the world today. You can feel it in your bones. That which is good they call evil, and that which is evil they call good. Everything is distorted. The whole world is upside down. Evil, sin is rampant in the world today. And God will not allow it to go on much longer. In fact, unless these days that we see here in the book of Revelation are not cut short, there would be no flesh left. That's what Jesus said. What John is seeing here is what Daniel saw and what Daniel was told by Gabriel. This is Daniel's 70th week for those that have studied it at all. This is one week in world history that has not happened yet. And Daniel was notified by God that this is what it was going to be. And the things that he revealed to Daniel, he then reveals some things that he says to Daniel, seal these things up until the time of the end. There are things that Daniel got to know from God through the angel Gabriel that could not be spoken about until these last days. When John writes the book of Revelation, the instructions given to John is, do not seal these things. God's plan is that everyone, not only the church, but that everyone in the world should know what is coming. There's a day of tribulation that's coming upon the whole world. And some of us have no idea of what that is. And I've spoken to people that don't want to even go there, don't want to think about it. These are believers. Even as much as four and five years ago, I hardly heard any believers saying that they were anxious for the Lord to come. That was the last thing that they wanted to consider until all of a sudden we go through what we've gone through in the last two to three years. And now people are wanting a ticket to get out of here before all this stuff happens. I challenge you, is that really what a Christian should be doing? Or do we have a heart like God that there are people in the world that are not saved and they need to know that there's coming a day of judgment? God in those years of tribulation is bringing judgment upon the earth. He will not continue to go on with the evil that is going on in the world today. I think if it was you or I, for most of us, we wouldn't have had the long patience that God has been showing. But he is long patient because he's not willing that any should perish. Do we have a heart like God that we're not willing that any should perish? These days are upon us now. There's no question that they're upon us now. Where's your heart and my heart regarding this? And think of John. Think of the things that John observed. There were the seal judgments. There were the trumpet judgments. 
There were the bold judgments and devastation coming upon the earth and a quarter of the earth's population being wiped out here and a third over here. The heavens falling. Creation is upset. Everything is topsy-turvy. And John saw and he heard things and he was to write them down. And he went through that as if it was being in that very day. John witnessed it. And of course, some of the things that John tries to explain, he can't find words for it because some of these technologies didn't exist. And he does his best. But this message is needed to be heard by our fellow man. I was a bit beside myself on the way home after church this morning. Because I'd never seen it like this before. Here you have the angel showing John all the things that are going to transpire during the tribulation period. He also shows them things that's going to happen in the thousand-year reign of Jesus. He shows them the things that are going to happen at the end of that thousand years where there will be the great white throne judgment and those that have not believed in Jesus Christ will be judged. And even at that time, when they stand before the judge of the whole earth, he will open the books and he opens another book, that of the book of life, to see if their names are written there. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? If it's not, there's coming a day in which you will have to be responsible for your own sins and stand before a holy God and I'll tell you, you'll be speechless. What can you say? How can you defend yourself against a holy God that knows everything and has a record of your whole life? And John was witness to these things. And now we come to this chapter, the closing verses of all the turmoil and all the judgments of God coming upon the earth. And there's John. I can't imagine what it must have been like for John. I mean, his head must have been spinning. He's got his quill in his hand. And he's got his notepad and he's been taking down everything that he sees and he hears. And before the ink is even dry, suddenly, somebody comes from behind, puts his arm around John, and he says, I, Jesus. Wow. Wow. The disciple that Jesus loved. And a Savior comes around. John, look, come here. Everything that the angels told you is true. I'm going to set everything right. I thought you'd like to know. Imagine being John and having a personal encounter with Jesus after seeing all that he saw and all that he's written about. 
But there is a personal relationship with Jesus, and he comes. John, you know, I'm sorry to tell you that I have to do this. But this evil and this wickedness has been going on even before the world was founded. The angels rebelled. Man has rebelled. But there is coming a day when every knee shall bow to Jesus. In heaven? On earth? And under the earth. And Revelation tells us, and under the sea. Have you ever thought about that? It's not just man that has rebelled. Every one from heaven, heavenly beings that fell from their first estate to those that are under the earth. And we've never considered it. But whatever it is, every, every, I mean every knee is going to bow to Jesus. And here we are at the end. And the Lord puts his arm around Jesus, or around John. And he says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. We have received the message. We are responsible because we have received the message. But the next verses are interesting. Because I always had in my mind, the next verse says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And that that was, come, Lord Jesus. But when you look at the context of it, I think it's different. Verse 17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, let him that hears say, Come. To who? Who are they saying, Come to? Let him that is a thirst say, Come. Whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. The water of life is the Holy Spirit. Here we have, after all of these events that have transpired that John has been witness to, is we have the Spirit and the Bride. That's you and I that have the Holy Spirit, as well as the Holy Spirit himself, is saying to everybody, come, come to the Savior, come, come. Are you thirsty for living water? You come, and when you come, go out and tell everybody else to come. Have you heard the message? Have you received the message? You may not even be saved at this point. But you've heard it, and you've got friends, and you say, come, come, I want you to hear what I heard. I've never heard anything like this before. I think we have an illustration of this in the woman from Samaria in John 4. Let me turn to it. We'll, we'll get it right. <clears throat> in John 4, <clears throat> when Jesus meets her at the well, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew, knew the gift of God and who it is that says to thee, 
give me to drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. There's the living water that we're talking about here in the end of Revelation. Then he goes on to say, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. The call is going out for anybody that's thirsty. Anybody that feels that they're in a desert place, come to Jesus. Now here's the thing. Once she came to this point and she, was, she knew that Jesus must be the Messiah, she went back into her city. She says, come, come, see a man. He told me everything I did. They knew her history. She's so excited. She's seen and met the Savior of Galilee. And now she goes back into the city and she says, come. Here we are at the end of this time. And the Holy Spirit and the church are saying, come. The call is still out there. Come. And then those that listened to her message, they said, it wasn't just what you said, but we have now heard him ourselves. They heard the message that John is writing about in the end of Revelation. It's, it's really interesting to see that right after all of this information, if you will, is out there, that there's a tribulation coming, there's a day of judgment coming, that God, right up to the very end, the message is still going out right to the very last minute. Come, come, come. Tonight might be the first time that you've come. If you come, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus, even the angels in heaven are going to be rejoicing. Isn't that amazing? The angels are looking down, and anyone that comes and responds to the message, the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And then John himself says, For I, John, testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man add... Or take away. His name will be taken out of the book of life. <clears throat> this is another clear picture that right up to the very end of the church age. There will be professing Christians. Why did I say that? Well just ask me. Dave would you add something to what this says? Would you take something away from what it says? No way. No way. Any of us that are true believers are not going to do that. We wouldn't do that. But there are those masquerading as Christians today that are trying to do that. And in fact, many pulpits, they don't even open up a Bible. I've heard it. I've been there. It's not hearsay. It's a frightening thing. Right through to the very end of time, there are those that are professing 
that are not right and there will not be there in the Lamb's book of life. Then Jesus says in verse 20, He, that is Jesus, who testifies these things, says, Surely I come quickly. We say quickly. <laughs> it's been almost 2,000 years since the crucifixion. You say quickly. Well, we forgot something, unfortunately. You see, the Lord is outside of time. A thousand years with him is as a day. So it's not quite two days since the resurrection. That's pretty quick. And he's not delaying his coming, but he's not willing that any should perish either. And he's giving you the opportunity. And you know what John says? Amen! Come, Lord Jesus! You can just imagine John, after seeing everything he saw, and Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. Lord, come quick. Amen. I agree with you. Come. The sooner the better. And I think that's where we're at right now. Most of us are there. Come. But let not us have a heart that's not like God's and not willing that any should perish. The gospel continues. It's presented right up to the very end and the message is come. Come, come. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Wow. You've been saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Otherwise, we might boast that we had done it. And that grace is available today and right to the very last day before Jesus comes. I trust that our hearts will be encouraged. I trust that we will have hearts like God for souls. And perhaps the most important question, most important statement we need to make is God change me. When my heart's changed, when my heart is full of Christ, that in turn will be seen by those that are around us and be attracted to Jesus. He's worth our trust. May God bless you.